0: The epistle for the epiphany of our Lord is from Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insights into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel of this gospel, the manifold wisdom of god might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in christ jesus our lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him this is the word of the lords be to god. the gospel from st matthew the second chapter They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the gospel of the Lord's. and peace been to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As I mentioned before the service, Epiphany has to do with something being revealed. The whole season of Epiphany is about Jesus revealing himself to be the Son of God, and all that that means for us. And tonight, I want to focus on Jesus revealing himself to be the light of the world. So that's one of many things that we see in our text from Matthew 2 and Ephesians chapter 3. And because of that, the LCMS has a long history in our denomination of tying epiphany very tightly with missions and evangelism. In fact, I want to read to you from a sermon from CFW Walther, who was the first president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. And he preached this in 1850, when there were debates in our denomination about what missions should look like. He said, the Christian church is a debtor to the whole world that remains outside Christ. They are responsible for the lighting of the heavenly star of the word for the poor Gentiles and leading them to Bethlehem. Then he goes on to say the church must take the gospel to the whole world and then he adds god therefore go therefore and make disciples of all nations should be resounding in the ears of christ's church until judgment day as certainly as the love of god remains a christian's debt even in all eternity so certainly is a christian also obliged to share in the work of missions in fact they used to have on epiphany services, they would have children come to the front during the offering and bring up offerings for mission work. It was routinely done in our synod for many years. So tonight, I want to consider what epiphany means for us and our salvation and also for the work of missions and evangelism. Why did they tie this day so closely with the work of missions, with evangelism? Was well, because in Matthew 2 Jesus is very clearly revealed To be king of all And the light of the world So that the gospel for all Naturally flows out of that You see Herod understood That a new king being born Upset the current reality It says he was afraid And all Jerusalem with him Why? Because these Men show up and say, hey, where's the king? And Herod's thinking, that's me. What do you mean the king who's been born? And so he's afraid. But Jesus is indeed the king of all kings. And so the star, and whether this was a supernatural star of some kind, or an angel, whatever it might be, it was a light guiding who? Well, these men we call the wise men. Sometimes we refer to them as the Magi. Whatever you want to call them, they were not Jewish. That's important to this story. They were not from the land of Judea. They were from far away. They're from what the Bible used to call Babylon. They're from somewhere over there. And in fact, Luther thinks that perhaps... And most likely, they had the text of the Old Testament because of Daniel and his friends, and that they had read the Word of God, and that's why they understood this sign to be about King Jesus. These were men who were basically, in our terminology, some weird mix of astronomer and astrologer who studied the skies. And yet, God chooses to appear to them with this light, to light their way, to bring them to Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world, and they needed this light to guide them to the Christ child that they might, what? Worship him. And so, sometimes this day is called the Gentile Christmas, because it's revealed as the wise men bow before Jesus and worship him this mystery Paul tells us about that the gospel's for the non-Jewish people too is fully revealed and to us that sounds strange you see i don't think any of us in here have really struggled ever with whether we as gentiles got to be christians too it wasn't something that burdened our conscience well that's a huge debate throughout the new testament How do the non-Jewish people fit in? There's whole debates about this in the book of Acts and in Paul's letters. But here we have these three non-Jewish, well, three or more, however many there were. These men show up and they worship Jesus, and they're not Jewish, but they proclaim him to be king. And this has huge ramifications for all kinds of things. First, as I mentioned, it means that Jesus is king of all, all men. The gospel is for all, all men. Think about it. Even in our own culture today, how many of these debates and fights that people are having over how much melanin or how little melanin someone has in their skin could be solved if we understood that God created everyone and that Jesus died for everyone and that the gospel is for everyone that may sound like an oversimplification but that's what the bible teaches us if we clung to that well it's revealed here at this epiphany this first epiphany then a lot of those things can move forwards and it's because of this because of this revelation that takes place as they bow before Jesus and worship him, with gifts representing his work as prophet, priest, and king. Flowing out of that is the idea that this day marks an important day for understanding missions and evangelism. Because if the gospel is for everyone, then that means everyone needs to hear it. One of the key pastors who helped form the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, Wilhelm Leah. He sent pastors over to the United States because the German immigrants were scattered all over and they weren't going to church. They didn't have pastors. So he sent men over to gather them up into churches. And he says this, missions is nothing other than the one church of God in motion. That is just the natural movement of the church to take the gospel everywhere. And that's true for us as a church as a body here in this place and for us as individuals we are to take the light of christ out into the world into our neighborhoods into the surrounding community another one of our lutheran fathers put it this way at that time the wise men journeyed very far and spread, spared no pains to find jesus now it's the christian church's calling to make the long journey and spare no effort to reach out to all people with the message of what happened in bethlehem this is another theme that comes up in our lutheran father's sermons on this day is that as the wise men brought gifts we too are to spend and be spent as people in getting the gospel to others and getting the good news that jesus is for all that Jesus came to rescue every single sinner. That he was born for them. That he lived for them. That he died for them. That he did it for you. That that must go out. That this gospel is for everyone. That Jesus is the king of all and his kingdom is for every single person. Whether they be rich or poor whether they be black or white or any shade in between, whether they be Jew or Gentile, it does not matter. Jesus is for all. So that, as they all frame this and talk about this, our most important task then as a church and individuals is out of great joy that we have for receiving this gift and out of love for our neighbor, to take that gospel to them so this love and joy shows itself indeed in mercy and helping the poor the hurting the hungry in our day and age those addicted to all kinds of drugs that are destroying their lives but helping them with those things is not it that's not where we stop they need to hear the gospel See, the gospel cannot, when it's believed, when it's received, it can't stay contained. It's always bursting out, right? Jesus uses that imagery of the old wineskin of the Old Testament can't contain this new wine. It's like bursting out. And so too for us. The good news of what Jesus has done can't stay contained. It has to get out. On a very practical level part of that just involves us telling others come and see in John's gospel that happens a lot Jesus says it the apostles say it people who've met Jesus like the woman at the well say it they meet Jesus and they go and tell everyone come and see come and see what I found you won't believe it Luther on his deathbed we have all kinds of recordings of what he said in those final days one of the things he said that has stuck with many people is we are all beggars this is true you see evangelism and missions is nothing else than one poor beggar going to tell another poor be- beggar where to find food where to be fed where to be taken care of and rescued just read a story on friday of a man who's now in his 30s but he wrote this story about when he was a teenager and he said when he was a teenager he didn't care anything about god he wanted nothing to do with God. and he lived in the houston area and used to hang out at places because they used to at a time people used to hang out at things called malls i don't know if you guys all remember that he would hang out there with his friends And he said he looked like he hated jesus and he did He probably looked scary to people. But now as an adult who believes he had one question, why didn't anyone who walked by him all those years in the Bible Belt ever talk to him about Jesus? No one did. No one. It wasn't until much later that he finally heard the good news of Jesus and now believed. But he looks back and he says, I probably would have laughed in your face. I probably would have mocked what you told me. But at least I could look back and say, someone cared enough to tell me about Jesus. Sometimes we overcomplicate missions and evangelism. At its core for all of us is just in the various vocations God has placed you. In your home, in your neighborhoods, in your community, in your place of work, in your school, whatever it might be. What do we do with so many things? We talk about what we love. If we find a restaurant that we love the food, what do we do? We go and tell people, hey, this food was really good. You should try it. If we listen to a a song we like or watch a movie or a show we like, what do we do? We talk about it. We say, hey, I saw this. I listened to this. You want to try it out? You want to hear it? That's all evangelism is. Telling people about the thing that we love the most, the thing that's shaped us the most. And so, within these spheres of influence where God has placed you, there's a ripple effect, right? It starts in your home, goes out to your family, to your neighbors, to your work, into the broader community, and then out into the world. The reason Walter preached this sermon is because, in his day, as in ours actually, There were debates about whether Lutherans should even do missions, whether Lutherans should even do evangelism. I have heard people say things like, well, they'll just like be drawn to church kind of magically. No, that's not how it works. 97% of people that will step in this building as a visitor who do not know Jesus, do you know how they get here? Because someone invited them that easy you may invite them seven ten times they may reject you every time it may be the 20th time you finally ask them that they come but that's how they end up in this place sometimes people think well you can't emphasize pure teaching pure doctrine and do missions you got to kind of pick one or the other again that's nonsense if you're going to a starving person would you be worried if the food had poison in it or not I think you would be. I think you want to make sure you're giving them the very best. And that's what we do with the teaching of the church. We to make sure that we're giving them the best, the purest, exactly what they need. Sometimes people think well, if we just changed everything we did so that when they showed up, they liked everything, that would work. So some churches have done that. It becomes a show of entertainment. As one pastor said many years ago, what you win them with is what you win them to. If you've won them into church through entertainment, what have you won them to? Entertainment. It's not going to last. What we want to do is give them Jesus. Now, there's a danger with all that I've said, and this happens sometimes for Christians. We can begin to think, that the gospel then is for everybody else and forget that it's for us too that indeed that as Christians we never get beyond the gospel that you don't ever outgrow it but indeed that you need it just as much as anyone else we are all beggars this is true Christ came for all of us and so we find him in word and sacrament. That's where he is to be found. And so we must seek him, as you are tonight, with no less effort than the wise man. All of this is for you, too. It's what made you a Christian. It's what will keep you a Christian. It is only the gospel. It keeps us in the light. And it's what, indeed, will make us lights in this world. Another quote from Walther's sermon of why we exist as a church let us bear in mind that one soul is worth more than the whole world the world will disappear but one converted soul lives forever and is eternally blessed in god's eyes should therefore only a few souls be one oh how richly would all the offerings that we brought be rewarded see our goal is not just to have numbers. Our goal is faithfulness. And that however many God deems to bless this congregation with, those who come to know Christ, Walther says, every penny you spent to get them here was worth it. Nothing was wasted. As we begin this new year, we have no idea what the year holds. But it doesn't matter, quite frankly. Our hope is not in a new year. Our hope is in Christ, who is the light of the world. Could this be a very dark and difficult year for us as individuals, for us as a church? We don't know. But what are we seeing here on Wednesdays during evening prayer? Jesus Christ is the light of the world, the light that no darkness can overcome. That is our hope. And it's the hope we take to everyone outside of this place. Amen. The peace of God passes on, understanding guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.